All right, everyone, and welcome to part two of our review for Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 Remix, which now includes, in this part two, it includes Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, uh, Kingdom Hearts um, Birth by Sleep Final Mix, and, of course, Kingdom Hearts Recoded. So, welcome to this review. So, I hope that you guys have played... Uh, the free games in the first part because I'm going to spoil everything that happens there and uh, you just you just gotta be ready for it right because you know if I want to talk about these games I have to basically spoil those to do it otherwise it would all be just a random string of you know teasing you for nothing so ready because now starts the spoilers all right here we go so if you remember, in Kingdom Hearts 1, Sora was introduced to the world of, of course, Disney and everything else that was outside of the island. Doing so um, caused him to lose Kairi and Riku, so he had to basically find them again. Doing so, he found out that Riku is now using darkness and has a lot of darkness inside of him, so he had to fight Maleficent and Riku sometimes to, you know, get him back to where he was. And he also found where Kairi was, and you know, they fixed a misunderstanding that was between the two of them. So Kairi is saved, but now Sora has been turned into a Heartless. And having a Heartless means that you also might have a Nobody. So he now had a Heartless, he went back, he got his body again, he came back to the world thanks to the help of Kairi and the others. So he comes back, now he has to go on and fight Ansem. Ansem is an evil guy who is basically the Heartless of somebody else. Um, so they fight and of course you know during that fight he does his best to stop Ansem but they can't do it completely so with the help of King Mickey and Riku they close a certain door and that door causes um, you know Ansem to disappear for the time being however we later find out that Ansem is now part of Riku and that is the darkness that is inside of him so oh my god so then, <laughs> the story continues with Chain of Memories, where now Sora has lost his memories, doesn't remember anybody, not even Kairi or Riku, but he remembers someone called Namine. Namine is the person who essentially has taken out his memories, and now we are faced with an organization called Organization 13. These are, all of them are nobodies, and they're going to basically um, force Sora to do something, to use his memories to do something. To bring back their master um, so they are going to use him like this however Sora slowly starts to regain his memories he meets Namine who tells him that yeah it's not your fault I took away your memories he meets other people such as Axel and um, as the story progresses of course you know they keep fighting the organization uh, members and uh, each of them face of course each other and um, we understand that there's a traitor in the organization as well, who's going to use it for himself. And um, near the end, of course, Namine tells him that he can help him regain all of his memories, but he has to go into a certain pod. And when he goes there, he's going to be sleeping until he can regain all of his memories. And then we are going to go to... My god. <laughs> 358-2. Which is um, the story of Roxas, Axel, and Nominee's uh, nobody. Uh, not Nominee, sorry, Kyrie's nobody as well. So each of these characters, they are going to um, basically 
understand who they are, what they are, what's their purpose in the world, that they're not exactly somebody, but they're nobodies. And uh, basically, Roxas understand that he's the nobody of um, Sora, because Sora created a Heartless and became a Heartless during the events of Kingdom Hearts 1, so now he is officially his nobody. And when that happens, um, he has to basically um, help, of course, his friend, who is also Kairi's nobody, so they try to do all of this just to get into the memories of Sora. However, we also understand that there's a certain character called Diz, and he's working with somebody in the organization, and doing so, they want to basically um, help Sora and the others to regain the memories, especially they want to help Roxas, because he's the one who should access, go to basically Sora to help him regain all of his memories because he is the nobody, so he has to go there to help him gain the memories. Riku at the same time is working with King Mickey and he's now inside the organization to try to be a spy and see what he can find out. So all of that, all of this, <laughs> you you already know, you know in much more detail because you played it, I'm just trying to do an abridged version of it. I probably missed a lot of, um, you know, details, but let's get into it. So, our journey in part 2 begins with Kingdom Hearts 2. Kingdom Hearts 2, I would say, is the pinnacle of Kingdom Hearts so far. However, this doesn't mean that the other games are bad, the other games are also very good. I'm not gonna spoil them here. But I would say Kingdom Hearts 2, for now, is my top. And then, of course, Birth by Sleep. We'll talk about that. But I would say Kingdom Hearts 2 takes things a step further. Not only is the story is much more mature, but it fixes everything in the other games and produces a game that is unlike any other. Not only is the combat way better than it was in the first game, and of course Chain of Memories, but also there is a lot of love put into this particular game. Every world that you visit, the aesthetic changes a lot, even your command uh, command system over there starts to change the worlds are now much more alive you get to have new costumes again sometimes when you go there and some of them are really amazing especially visiting the old-time Disney kind of stuff um, like I said you know the combat is way more mature now controlling Goofy and Donald is way easier they act way better than they did in the first game at least um, the whole um, like I said, you know, the world building is much better. Now, when you visit different worlds, each of them are designed in a way that they do not make you go tired, like being like, oh, I came to this place, it's so boring. Each of the worlds are now much more fleshed out, much bigger, much more details put in them. And what's even more fun is that each world actually represents the world that they should. Like, for example, if you visit the Little Mermaid area where in the past used to be like, you know, combat and, you know, that was the low point of Kingdom Hearts 1. Now it's just about musicals. And it's such a beautiful story that they do. Visiting the Hundred Acre Woods, it's much more fun this time around with so many mini games. Like, it's just, you know, taking a break from everything that you were doing. And the fact that they're all connected together, the fact that, you know, you visit so many more worlds that you didn't do in the first game. And, um, uh, Maybe you missed some of them, or you were like, what the crap, when did this character meet this character? It's just so amazing this time, and it just feels so good. While I wouldn't say that every single world in Kingdom Hearts 2 is perfect, but I would say that 90% of them are really, really perfect, to the point that 
whenever I wanted to go to a new world, I was happy. Next to that, another thing that actually made me even happier was the gummy ship combat. While in the first game, it was so boring and just like, what the hell is this? In the second game, it actually has way more depth and, you know, creating your gummy ship, working through the combat is much more meaningful and much more fun. However, when you're doing that, it can also sometimes get really difficult and you have to, of course, practice to get even better than what you were doing, but at least it's way better and it's much more fun this time around. The combat is just amazing this time around and it's not that boring thing we used to have. The keyblade selection is way better in this game. You have way more keyblades. It actually means something to change your keyblades, not just like, you know, look for the better strength. And of course, this carries on onto the other games as well. But continuing on, I would say that, you know, Kingdom Hearts 2 just expands everything. Like even the world of Hercules, the Colosseum, if you would call it, it's just something awesome. Seeing the characters of Final Fantasy here again, it's just simply out of this world. Because the way they come into the story, the way you interact with them, the way you can actually do special moves with them, it's just, it's just amazing. And it's not just, you know, them, but also Disney characters as well. You can do that kind of stuff with them. The whole game makes you feel like a badass. And I would say Kingdom Hearts 2 is perhaps the easier game in this collection. And even you know, if you play it on normal, even if you play on, I don't know, Pride or Critical, you still come out ahead. It's not that difficult, actually. And that's actually good because the game is not supposed to be a Dark Souls kind of thing. But the game is really fun and, you know, it does so much to not only make the player love this franchise, but be invested way more in it. I would say that if you came up until free, uh, 358-2, I would say that if you came up to here, go into Kingdom Hearts 2 knowing that you will be blown away, that you will be just taken into this world and you will love it. This is not a normal game, this is just a masterpiece at this point. And I would say that the story itself is way better than anything else. The story is still a little bit complicated, but it starts to unravel and tell you things that you never knew. You start to find out who this is, what's, what Riku has been doing, even though he had Ansem, the darkness inside him. You find out more about Roxas. Roxas is actually part of the game and it's such a beautiful thing that he is and the role that he has is actually really good. You get to do so many cool things. In this game, you get to learn more about everyone. The fights, the boss fights are just awesome. There is actually a boss fight against a certain character that is very difficult if you don't know what you're supposed to do, but it becomes so freaking good. None of the boss fights were so bad that I was like, God, I'm gonna go watch the cutscenes. No. Most of them, like, you're like, wow, this boss fight is actually ingenious. You play through it and you're very excited. You play and you're like, wow, this is really good. If I even die, I don't care, I'm gonna try again. This game goes out of its way to make Kingdom Hearts 2 the best Kingdom Hearts game you've ever played, and I thank them for doing this. This game did it best, and honestly, I would say, if you came up to here, you have to play it. It's just something that you know pulls you in and never lets go. The story is really, really good. You get to meet different members, you get to meet Xemnas finally, who he is, what the organization has been up to, what is their plan even. It actually grabs all that story that was in Kingdom Hearts 1.5 till uh, 358-2, gets them all into this and starts to tie up loose ends. It just goes after one after the other 
and finishes the story altogether. Even if you finish your Kingdom Hearts journey at Kingdom Hearts 2, it will be a finale that is very nice. You just know that, you know, once this happens, that's it. I'm cool with it. And it does it. But honestly, that is not where it ends. Because, you know, with Kingdom Hearts 2, I just want to talk about it days and days because of how good it is. Like, everything in this game is just so freaking good. Like, everything has improved to the point that it's unbelievable. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if Kingdom Hearts 2 was also on PS3 or was it just PS2, but whatever it was, it's just a huge leap that it's unbelievable. Great job, Nomura. I mean, even the story, it does become complicated, but once he explains it, especially near the end, you slowly understand things and you're like, okay, okay, I get it now. And the boss fights, even though they might become sometimes very difficult, it's still worth your time. One criticism that I might have is that you have the World of Pirates of Caribbean there, and even though they fix it in Kingdom Hearts 3, and it's, you know, Disney Infinity version of them, I think, because that's the poster I saw, I haven't played it. In the Kingdom Hearts 2, they look really weird with their, with their normal, human-like designs that is kind of realistic. They look way too realistic for this world. But I would say that other than that, everything else is good. Even the soundtrack that they use, the music that they use, is just so well done. And I gotta say, kudos to you, because they created a perfect game. But then, this leads into the secret ending, which leads to Birth by Sleep. So the secret ending is actually called Birth by Sleep, and I got it even though first time I played it on beginner's mode. Maybe it was because I visited every world and, you know, uh, sealed them. Maybe that's what unlocked it, but as far as I know, that shouldn't have. Maybe, you know, they said, okay, in this collection, you can't get it because, you know, it's a collection, you have to get to the third one. But I would say that the secret ending to that leads to Birth by Sleep was so freaking cool that I was like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm excited for this. And honestly, when I saw their designs, I was like, Arkham Knight? Is that you? Turns out Arkham Knight actually stole their design from this. But then came Birth by Sleep. And I had heard a lot of good things about Birth by Sleep. It was a game that, you know, other than Kingdom Hearts 3, its name came up way more than I care to admit. So I was excited. And when I started the game, I was treated to uh, three characters, Terra, Aqua, and Ventus. And I saw that Ventus looks very much like Roxas. I don't know what their relationship is. I'm not trying to be sweater-free. I actually don't know, but I'm very excited to find out. But I would say that Birth by Sleep was something unique. Birth by Sleep is basically 11 years before the first game. So you are technically seeing the prologue to it and you might think okay why, why does that matter is it going to have something important and yes i would say the story is actually very important the pull of uh, birth by sleep is not only the fact that um you have three different stories that essentially come together but you are also experiencing the beginning and you have some amazing voice actors if you thought that you know having uh some awesome voice actors in the first three games that you played were more than enough to say that yeah I want to play this game more and more like Christopher Lee as Diz I would say that you're in for a treat because now you're going to listen to the voices of Leonard, ne Leonard Nimoy you're going to listen to Mark Hamill it's just amazing of course this is next to Disney voice actors that appear in this game as well and I would say that one of the bigger parts that made this game even more enjoyable was when in you know Kingdom Hearts 1 it was mostly like two lines of dialogue and the rest of them you have to read through it. Kingdom Hearts actually does this even better with mostly dialogue and some reading required. Birth by Sleep is just dialogue and I love that 
thank you. So I would say that, you know, seeing the beginnings of uh, Xehanort, which obviously it's not a spoiler for you right now, you're just more intrigued like who's that character, or if you maybe know, still you're even more intrigued. Even if you play Kingdom Hearts 3 and you remember that I talked about Xehanort, you're still gonna be like, wow, I'm intrigued. What does this mean? So, seeing the beginnings of Master Xehanort, uh, Master uh, Arrakis, I think, and these three is just something to behold. And since you have to play through their story to understand what the whole thing is about until you get to the final episode and then secret episode, here is my recommendation on how to play it. I played with Ventus first, then I played Aqua, then Terra. Why? Because Ventus was the newcomer, he was the smaller character in terms of stature and things. So when you start as him, you go through the story, you understand the story a lot, and you're like, wow, that is really interesting. I, I want to see the other sides as well. But you don't spoil a lot of things for yourself. When you get to Aqua then, Aqua is very much complementary to both Terra and Ventus. And it's just like a complementary story that happens. It's not like saying that like Ventus or Terra, that their story is their own and it's so freaking good and the things that happen to them is essential. But I would say that, you know, honestly, Aqua is very complementary to them and it's just her character, and I would, and I said that I love her story so much. So you go through that as well. Now you're missing one small piece, which seems small, but it's actually the biggest piece. Terra. So you go through Terra's story, and you get to understand everything that was even maybe in Kingdom Hearts 2 or Kingdom Hearts 1. And your mind will be blown. You're like, holy shit, this story is awesome. Why didn't we see this? So... Play through Terra Story last, because honestly, if you play Terra Story first and you go through the others, it's gonna be very boring because you already know everything that has happened. So play through the you know Terra Story, at, you know, as the final episode. So you play through all of that and you know. But you would ask, okay, how's the gameplay? Now I would say that the gameplay is actually really good. It's very much like Kingdom Hearts 2 in terms of maturity, but it has its own differences, which makes it even better, yeah, in my opinion. The worlds are very much alive, even though this was on PSP. I don't get why people think that, you know, some reviewers said that, you know, there isn't much to gawk at. I like visual stuff or stuff like that. I would say that actually this game is actually really, really good in terms of that. Especially considering this was on PSP. The game looks awesome when you play it. The gameplay is really good, really fast-paced, really well-made as well, especially if this was on PSP. I would say that at the same time, you know, this accessibility to your various powers is very well done. To the point that, you know, when you play it, you're just like, oh my god, this is so good. How did they do that? It is really good. And I would say as this continues, um, the worlds themselves are really well made, really fleshed out. And one of the good things or bad things could be that, you know, maybe... For example, when you play as Ventus, you don't feel the need to go and grind, or with Terra. But with Aqua, I had to. I had to like grind five levels just to be able to go to the final part because I got one-shotted for no reason, and I couldn't do any damage. But after five levels, I was the one who had the upper hand. Well, this happens in almost every game. I would say that the problem with Birth by Sleep in this particular story was that you had to. It wasn't like, you know, maybe you could do it or, you know, endure a little bit tough things. No, you had to do it. And that was something that sucked. At the same time, this is a kind of a thing that you should know. Uh, look for Xehanort reports when you're playing through the game. 
you'll probably find most of them if you are like you know looking through the areas but before you go through every final boss find them all this doesn't mean that you know you have to find them uh, and go for the final boss again if necessary Th that I can actually refute because I didn't do that and I still unlocked the final episode but do that if you want to find the final episode find the Xehanort reports they're not that difficult to find they're very easy they're like I think 14 or 15 of them not that difficult and like I said most of them you actually find by accident you won't even be looking at them like eh, I found them as uh, Another good point for this game, I would say the traversal in this game is actually really good, really well made. The whole combat system is really well made, especially how you control not only your combat system, uh, but also like magic system. There is so much to love in this game. This game is so freaking good. Not only because of the story and what its implications are, especially in the secret episode, which is really huge, but I would say that, you know, technically this game out outdoes itself in many ways outdoes the whole series and i would say that you know this was a breath of fresh air finding out the past about each of the characters the past worlds and it didn't feel like you know it was a repetition at all it just felt like new and i gotta say if kingdom hearts 2 had some of the best boss fights i've ever seen in kingdom hearts this one has even better ones in store for you it's just gonna be so much fun for you to play and Honestly, if you play Kingdom Hearts 2 fairly, not just going for a secret episode, but also finding a certain character after finishing the game, then seeing the secret ending, of course, and then going to Birth, of, birth by Sleep, you're just gonna have your mind blown that good. So trust me, this game is something you have to play. There is no buts or ifs. Play for this. This is so good. A game that will blow you away. The, Music is amazing, the gameplay, the characters, the story, there's nothing that I would say that is bad. One little thing, if you play in beginner's mode, it's so easy at times. Like, I feel like the bosses have like more moves to do, but they don't do it. Whereas normal enemies, they just, you know, bring their best to the game. Uh, they will kill you if you give them the chance. So I would say, if you're in a rush, play on beginner's mode and you'll be through the story in 18 hours that's my record but if you want to like you know have a little challenge and see what the bosses offer which is also really fun do it on standard it's not that difficult you can actually go to a certain place in radiant gardens and just grind it out you can watch the video if you want to know exactly where it is let me tell you like this there's a certain boss fight that includes terra and aqua and ventus all of them together no matter which character you're playing you have to fight the boss with the three characters after you finish that particular boss if you want to grind you can come back to radiant gardens world go to that place where you fought the boss um it's the reactor called the reactor and just kill the enemies there and grind it out it's not that difficult especially if you're at level 20 it'll be very easy just go and come back go and come back and oh by the way a little tip commands you have to mix them sometimes to get some new moves do that that is important search on the internet like wiki or something see what the combinations are and you are going to have a great time um, with the powers and uh, times time split I think it's called time split power that's actually really good upgrade it as much as you can it's just OP just like Terra has a certain ability that's also very OP Ventus he's he's normal he doesn't have any OP abilities but go for this gameplay until we get to recode it the game that I honestly don't understand why it existed like this. 
First of all, this is another criticism that I always had, that in order to tell the story, the finer points of the story, Nomura just resorts to revisiting the shit that you have revisited a lot of times and tells a lot of filler just to get to the story. Recoded is exactly that. Recoded starts with a very promising premise, but as it moves on, you're just like, ugh, this is just the same story as Kingdom Hearts 1, what's the point? And thank god it's just a cinematic, just a cinematic, so you're, you're not going to play for it. This is actually a remake of another Kingdom Hearts game that was called Coded, I think. It was, I don't know on which console, but this is, apparently Recoded came on Nintendo DS. Now it's on uh, PlayStation 4 as a cinematic, and it shows its age. It has a lot of rough edges when you watch these cinematics, and I mean that literally. Rough edges for every model, like anti-aliasing, ever heard of it? I think not, these guys haven't, but the whole story at, at, at first is just so stupid, it's the same things that you have seen again and again and again, but as it continues, as it, as it passes I think 60%, 70% mark, it starts to show why this story is important. Now I would say that yes, this story is important because it leads to the Kingdom Hearts 2 ending, or I should say post-credit ending. But I would say that it takes a long time to get there, and I'm thankful that it's just a cutscene, because if it was a real game, I wouldn't play it. Because I played this story three times by now. Why? Dude, let it go. But, I would say that the implications that it has, the story that it has, is mainly about, you know, data and bugs and glitches. Yeah, I know. Video game talking about that. Ugh. But the main things that it has, the finer points that it has, that leads to Kingdom Hearts 2, and essentially Kingdom Hearts 3, is just so important. And I would say that I would have preferred if they just, you know, made a point like, you know, Star Wars Crawl, that they said, hey guys, this is just a uh, retread of everything that you've seen, now we go to the actual important parts. Because it is important, and you get to meet some of the characters you thought were dead, or non-existent anymore, and when you get to them, they explain some things, you're just like, Okay, why didn't why wasn't this explained sooner? Now I think that maybe Nomura created Kingdom Hearts 2 ending and Birth by Sleep by extension to get to Kingdom Hearts 3. Because with Kingdom Hearts 2, there was a finality to it. There was like, okay, this is finished. But with these two, it feels like he's like, yeah, no, let's continue this. I, I'm having fun. Let's do it. I would say Birth by Sleep actually proved that there could be more to this world. But with Recoded, the fact that, you know, they go out of their way to explain why there could be more and what they should do, it's kind of, you know, weird. I still like it, I still think it's a great story that, of course, it's very much destroyed by the stupidity of repetition. But I would say that, you know, because it's a cinematic, it, it gets a pass because you can just, you know, go through it and be like, yeah, I'm not playing this. But I would say the story that it unveils near the end is actually really important. And if you are invested to see how this ends, this is the way. This is the way that they explain it. They say that, hey, there is more, and this is how there is more. So they explain some things. They say that, hey, you have to tell Sora a certain something. And the data characters them themselves have something to do. And I'm, I think that these data characters actually come back because... I guess they do, otherwise why was the point of explaining and creating this world of data? But as it as that continues, we still have three more. We have Fragmentary Passage for Birth by Sleep, which apparently is about Aqua, so I understand why that is there if she's part of Kingdom Hearts 3. 
we then have uh, Kingdom Hearts key, which uh, stylized that you know X. Usually people see this X, but it's actually pronounced key in the game. Uh, which is a cinematic again, which probably leads to Kingdom Hearts 3 as well. And we have 2.8 uh, Dream Drop Distance. Did I say correctly? Dream Drop Distance? And you might think that, okay, what is this thing going to have to do with anything? It does, because, you know, it in the recoded two secret endings, it actually sets it up ju not just for Dream Drop, but also uh, the overall story as well. So, yeah, I would say that is it essential recoded? I would say that not super essential. You can even read it and be like, yeah, I understood what the whole thing was about. But I would say that just watch it. I mean, it's not like you're losing it. You can just basically like watch it, wait, do whatever you want. Your controller is in charge. And then when this like, you know, important parts come in, you're just like, oh, yeah, now I'm understanding. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. But yeah. These are the three final games in the collection of Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 Remix. And as you saw, the games just go and, you know, they go up higher and higher. And uh, they just become so good. So good. So my, um, my uh, opinion, my review is that this whole package is amazing. It starts to get better and better and better. While I wouldn't say the recorded is the top of it, like it ends with a bang, but it sets up the stage in a way that you're like, okay, I have to continue the story. Birth by Sleep already had me, as you know, saying that, yeah, I want to continue this. Recoded was like, ugh, this is not good, until I was like, oh, this seems to be good. Hmm? So yeah, go ahead, play through them, have fun, until I get to review those... Um, other free which will be 2.8 uh, prologue I'll do that next week and be reminded I will spoil all of the things we talked about here I just tried to you know because of the fact that you already know Kingdom Hearts I tried to you know go into mild beginner spoilers but I would say that the other one yeah I'm gonna spoil all of these so be careful be very careful and yeah by the way if you if you can't like finish the game in that specific way for Birth by Sleep to get the secret ending. Uh, watch it on YouTube. It is worth your time. It is so cool because not only does it set up uh, Kingdom Hearts free again, but at the same time, it's actually very essential to the whole story. I don't know why it's been locked behind something so difficult, but you have to watch it. It's a little bit lengthier than the usual secret endings, but watch it. It is so good. Just watch it. And for Recoded, you already have access to them once you finish the watching them. You can watch both secret endings without doing anything. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this review. I hope that you guys go ahead and play it and come back and tell me how much you loved these last three games. Maybe two games. And just tell me that, yeah, these were awesome. <laughs> I hope you do. And if I were to give a score to this whole package, I would honestly give it a 9. Because I got it as all-in-one package, which included all of them as a, at a very good price, $25. It's a steal. If you find this package as $25, there's actually a physical version of it available as well. Just buy it. It is worth it. It is amazing. So, I would say definitely a 9. The only reason I'm not giving it this particular thing, a 10, is because of Chain of Memories. And Kingdom Hearts 1's age showing for the gameplay. Yeah. Other than that... 
awesome games. Go through it, and yeah, a, a, a little thing, you will see those freaking cards again in Recoded. You're not gonna play it, but you will see them. Yikes. Yeah, actually, it's very, at one point it actually gets very close to Chain of Memories. But you just gotta watch it. Go for it. So I hope you guys enjoyed these two little episodes. Um, next week I'll be doing 2.8 uh, chapter prologue. And uh, the week after that, hopefully I'll play Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't know when I will get to play Remind. I hope that until the time I do, there will be a sale so I can buy it. Because 30 bucks is a little bit much. Especially since I pay 25 for all of this. I, I don't mind. If I say 20 bucks for it, I will pay. But 30 no. 30 I can actually buy other games that are worth much more. But, thank you guys for joining. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did... Um, come tell me on Twitter what did you enjoy about Kingdom Hearts so far and um, whether it was your cup of tea or not and tell me how awesome the secret ending to the first game was and how it led to Kingdom Hearts 2 and you know how awesome it was if you did watch it if you did watch it and then you went Kingdom Hearts 2 I, I just want to know how you felt because I never saw the secret ending I just played secret. Uh, I just played the second game, and then was like, "Holy crap!" No more. Actually, wanted to do all of this, and he actually did. Damn, Nomura, you are crazy. Let me just say this: I like you, bro, but you are nuts. And I would say that Nomura is just—I don't know if I should call him a genius, because he could very well be just a crazy guy. But I would say that you know he really loves his stuff, and. While Kingdom Hearts might actually one day be connected to Final Fantasy officially in canon, I wouldn't be surprised, given how he actually does it. I mean, we actually see uh, Final Fantasy characters, Final Fantasy VII characters in their Advent Children costumes, and turns out that the Advent Children actually came out near the release of Kingdom Hearts 2 as well, so that's why they're wearing those costumes. But we also get to see someone very special, several times, not just in Kingdom Hearts 1, but also 2, and a very cool looking costume. I would say I will not be surprised if Kingdom Hearts 4, if it exists, and thanks to GeForce Now leaks, looks like it does exist. If Kingdom Hearts 4 connects to Final Fantasy 7 Remake somehow, because I don't know, I mean, it's Nomura. The guy's crazy enough to probably do it. And he creates these, the most convoluted, complicated stories. I mean, when you play Birth by Sleep and recode it, you're probably gonna be like, my god, how much more confusing can all of this get? Because it will. It really will. Especially in Birth by Sleep, the story is very much a prologue, but at the same time, setting up the sequel, and it's, it gets really confusing. But, I digress. I gotta say, Nomura, kudos to you. I don't know if you ever want to connect these worlds, especially in the remake worlds, but it's still very exciting. And... I am excited as well. I want to see what he does with it, and I will have no complaints whatsoever if he actually decides to do it. If. So, honestly, that's it. Thank you guys for joining, and uh, if you enjoyed it, as always, please like, share, and subscribe. I hope you guys did enjoy these two episodes. They were a little bit on the longer side, so I'm happy that I made it into two parts. And I'll see you guys next week for the next um free reviews and let's see what they are about because i'm very excited for them dream drop distance seems a little bit you know and i decided you know again it's a filler story that wants to set it up just like recoded but i'm still excited to play it just to see where it all leads and knowing the fact that i'll be getting to kingdom hearts 3 much quicker 
than I very much anticipated because I thought that those two were also full games and I was very worried. Turns out they're not. One of them is like two hours, the other is a two hour movie. So 34 hours until I get to Kingdom Hearts 3. So guys, I'll see you very soon on the next episode and we'll see what everything is about. Thank you and see you guys very soon. Bye!